like I'm recording it now. You can just do one over. Okay. All right. Do you want to just start? Yes. Let's just start. Ready? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. We are the experts. And okay, let's just really quick say, you know, we were doing this series called the experts potpourri. We were kind of picking a random word and then doing a little, you know, report on whatever that word inspired. Yeah, it was a very free-flowing thing. We picked how that word inspired us. We looked something up and then we shared that info with each other. If you listen to podcasts, you heard these episodes. And it was very fun. It was fun and we loved it. And we were supposed to do one called Neighbors. That was what we had lined up. Yes, and we are famously neighbors. Our whole thing is our neighbors. <laughs> like, yeah. that's our... There's more to our mythology than just that, but it's a big part of it. It's a big part of it. And like, we literally, like, we are neighbors, even though like, we're not neighbors anymore. Like, we'll always be neighbors. Always and be neighbors. Neighbor buddies. Neighbor buddies. Like, that's just like our whole relationship. So, <laughs> um, not our whole relationship. So, we had already definitely talked about that a lot when we talked about Oprah and Gail. Yes. And we were kind of like talking about how we were going to do it. And then one thing led to another and we just like kind of never did it. We just kind of never did it. We felt like it was sort of well-tread territory. There's interviews from Chicago papers where we talk about how we were neighbors. We did a show about how we were neighbors. Like we have been. We did a live show about being neighbors and we did Yes, oh my god, that show honestly, that was my favorite show we ever did. On it, I thought that was so fun, and I I, thought it was fun too, yeah. And we did it at that theater, whatever. Anyway, I just like we didn't do it at like one of like the big comedy theaters, we did it like another little theater, yeah. And then we uh we had a run at that other theater, (laughs) we did see. We did a one-off with Wes Perry and uh, Joe Scott did something. That was the first time we did it. And then we did it. We did a run with um, uh, Aaron Rain and Carrie Shemansky. On, we, we were like a double bill with them. Yes, 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 yes. That was and then fun. we had, it was so fun. We had Lisa McQueen write our song where it's like, uh, it's been fun. We are best friends when it comes to friends without best. <laughs> oh my God. I rings my pal. Yes. Best friends. <laughs> that, you, you guys, you have to, I, I'm so sorry for everyone who missed that show. I can't believe it. Yeah. I rings my buddy. I can help. We're best friends. How could you, we had a theme song about it. We did. And there was another part that was like, you can buy our art out in the lobby, 500 a pop. <laughs> and then we like really did make like paint by numbers and have it in the lobby. And you really could buy it for $500. And someone really yeah. did want to buy yours. They bought it for like $25, I think. That's still good. Cause yeah, it was, was like, really good. literally, it was like a Lisa Frank paint by numbers. Yes. You did one that was like a Lisa Frank. It was beautiful with like, you, it was cat, like a cat thing. And you I colored all those like, 
crazy colors. And then I had horses and I still have the horses one somewhere, but then we did like weird collages. And I feel like it was one of the collages that somebody bought. Man, that's what your twenties are for. And that's what your life is for making art. And then the show ended, we, there were like all these crazy parts of the show. There was like this, like, like nightmare sequence where, um, Aggie was the listener and we had like, we had this whole weird thing. And then it ended with like a full, um, like makeup fight. We had like, a like makeup, like in a silent movie with a big puff and it was baby powder. And then we had like shaving cream and all that. And then at the end and everything, we sang songs, we did cat skills jokes. Yes, we did it all. Yeah. And then we cleaned up the mess mm-hmm. while Patty Smith's piss factory played and made and everybody watch. Yes. Well, we came out with like brooms and cleaned everything. We did. We made everybody watch us. It was like, and that was like the intermission. Like somebody had to come out and perform after us. And then we had to go back to that theater the next day and clean up the mess because we didn't get all the baby powder. That was an angry email where they're like, this is not acceptable. Yeah. And we we're like, um, you, why don't you accept our art? Like it's art and you should be grateful that there's baby powder. And like, you're welcome. Some people would be like, this baby powder has been here since Aggie and Irene did the best friends neighbor. So, but not them. No, not them. But what are you going to do? Oh, well, not everybody appreciates it. Not everyone appreciates great art, but some do like you well, are listeners. <laughs> That's right. And look at that. We just for so long. <laughs> <laughs> we just gave a little bonus about being neighbors so we kind of fulfilled our duty yeah like we promised you a neighbor thing and now you have I mean like these are the potentials like what are you doing with your neighbors like do you have a show like that with your neighbor would you like I don't to- know the name of anybody in my apartment complex I know the name of one but I don't want to say it he was very problematic and let's just say we won't be doing any two-man shows anytime soon is that the guy who made you eat his stew? He tried and I said no, cause it was just like boiled eggplants in a pot of water and it was really <laughs> rough and I did not want it. He gave, he's given me strange Romanian liqueurs. He has yelled at me about my dog. You know, we have a long history. I also think that he tricked me into moving in next door to him because when I moved in, he was the super and I wanted to live in the building next door and he came and said like, oh, you can't have that one. It's already rented out, but don't worry. I'm going to get you a great apartment. And then he got me a really good deal, but it was on the first floor instead of the top floor. And it was right next door to him in the same like building complex. And I had to wait a month for it. I don't know. It was weird. That is, that is weird. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's a good apartment. It's a great apartment. I like well, your apartment. Thanks. It's fine. You have a good apartment too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man, being in a one bedroom apartment in the quarantine, it's a thing. It's fucking old. Yeah. It gets old. And I spend the majority of my day in bed. I don't blame you. Because it's a one, because we only have two rooms and I can either be on my bed or I can be on the couch on the couch or at the at the table (laughs) I could be at the table sometimes I'm at the table sometimes I'm at the couch 
I don't know. Sometimes I'm at the grocery store. These, that's it. Those are my, those are my places where I hang out. Yeah. You're at the combination couch I'm table like, grocery store. Yeah. What the <laughs> fuck is that song? I'm at the pizza hut. I'm at the Taco Bell. I'm at the combination pizza hut and Taco Bell. I only know it's a TikTok. Oh, I don't know that. The, I don't know it is a TikTok thing. I know it from the old days before TikTok even was invented. Oh my God. I had no idea what it even was. Well, I have a new TikTok addiction and it's really embarrassing because I'm almost 36. What is I, it? You're so young. Oh my God, Irene. Thank you so much. I, it is an addiction to just looking at TikTok. That's okay. That's like everybody. It really crushes me. They'll be like, I know I'm older. I'm 25, but I have a message for the younger generation. <laughs> like that's like what everybody, <laughs> or they'll be like, you're 25. You do not look 25. You look 23. I know Tops. they look <laughs> the, 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 people I don't know everybody on there is really young and what's your message for the new generation I wasn't saying that I was 25 and had a message for a new generation I was repeating something that I've heard on TikTok oh I'm sorry I'm sorry I was just saying what the the TikTok users are like I have no message I don't think that that's true but I feel like I am too old to even have TikTok on my phone well, everybody is, everybody is like, I'm certainly am like when I, when I, when I open it, I feel like if they, I feel like I'm a criminal, like, I feel like there's something wrong with me, like deeply wrong with me or even looking at it, but no, I you gotta stay informed because they're so funny and like fun and alive. I like, uh, I like the things I see of people like reposting them. I'll watch those, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I did, um, just not, not to jump the gun, but I did type this today's subject into the search bar on TikTok just to see what kind of thing came up. Okay. Let's get into it. Okay. Let's tell the people what we're talking about today. We chose this. It was no prompt that we found uh, um <coughs> excuse me should we say it on one two three yeah let's say it it's probably well let's say it on one two three one two three octomom also known as nadia sulman also known as natalie denise dude sulman yeah um the youth doesn't get it and that's why the youth is cool they don't get they don't get that that happened to her they don't get what don't they get about it so the few so there are of course some people on tiktok who are just sort of like grifters like everybody else who are like you're never gonna believe this story from 10 years ago because the people who go on tiktok like don't know that this even happened but there are also people on there who are like 25 or younger and they're like, so can someone explain to me why this was a big deal? The media made a really big deal because this woman had 14 kids, but why was everybody so mad? I don't understand. Can some adult explain it to me? And like, that'll be their whole video. And like, 
I love that perspective. Why not? That's how you should feel. Like, why did anybody care about this? It's true. You know, you, when you start looking at the story and you see that like she was getting death threats and that people were so angry about it, it is, it just speaks to such a toxic culture. And I don't know, I, I would think that if that were to happen today, and maybe we should just like talk about what actually happened. Nadia Suleiman mm-hmm. uh, has 14 children. She had six kids and then she became famous because she was artificially inseminated with six embryos, two of which split. Uh, so she had eight um fetuses inside of her she gave birth to eight babies yeah hence the name octomom yeah and she had all of her children were were conceived through ivf and i think that they were all with the same doctor yes um who had started treating her when she was 21 years old 21 which is pretty young I think to start IVF definitely as I mean I, I just can't even imagine making a decision like that when you're 21 to intention I mean that's just so wild to me another thing is I froze my eggs this summer my <laughs> my doctor who did it her picture was featured on one of the articles that we read. <laughs> just but not she didn't write it or anything it was just like for the clinic it was USA. Part of the clinic. Is it the one that's like, uh, this happened. Don't do it. Yeah. Kind of. It was like on the USC. It was like USC. So it's like a good place, but it was, I don't know. They just had a blurb about it. Um, but, um, that is really not cheap. And I got a bunch of like grants and stuff for it. So I do not understand like, and she hasn't revealed a lot of the anger at her is about her finances which I mean I don't think that's the person to be angry with about finances but whatever like I I don't understand where the money came from to do this I don't either although I found something that we can talk about that um might um help make that understood because okay so so she she started getting um, IVF when she was 21. She had six babies and she was working as a psychiatric technician at a state mental hospital uh, starting in like 1998. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry, 1997. And then she was injured on the job during a riot. It was a metropolitan state hospital. She injured her lower back uh, when she attempted to restrain a patient and then another patient knocked a wooden desk into her back. And then, I mean, for a period of nine years, she received $167,000 in disability payments. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. Um, so that's, I guess how she paid for it. (laughs) I guess. So she does the, it's cause she was married. Yeah. But her, when, so she was married for a few years, right? But the father, the husband was never, is not the biological father of any of these children. They, no. She says they all have the same biological father. 
Yes. And she says that the biological father of all 14 of her children is a man named David Solomon. That's what she listed on the birth certificate. But even like her mother says that he doesn't exist and there's inconsistencies in what she filled out. Like his birth date is different on uh, different birth certificates. Mm. So she was married. So all of her children have the last name Solomon. Her last name is Suleiman like her birth name. Mm -hmm. She was married to a man named Marcus Gutierrez. Mm -hmm. um, but there was a man named Dennis Baudouin. Maybe I'm pronouncing that wrong, but he was a brief partner of hers. And in like 1998, she asked him for a sperm sample. And he says that that is where, like, he is the father of all of her children because they were embryos that she was implanted with. And uh, he has offered to take a paternity test and she is not having that. Yeah, which is like, I think his story is like also slightly fishy. I mean, I don't really know, but I don't know how you would give a sperm sample and then have it go. I mean, like, did he donate it to a sperm bank and then she used the sperm from that bank, like without his consent. And like, why would a sperm bank release his sperm sample without his knowledge or consent for her to conceive? Like, I just well, have from what I read because they were linked together. He said that she wanted him to father her children. So he gave the sample for the purpose of in, like, in, um, I don't know. Like fertilizing her eggs. Yeah, fertilizing her eggs. Because when she, so she has the first six kids and like a couple of them were multiple pregnancies. And then when she was in her thirties, there were all of these, they said that there were 29 embryos that were, uh, or blastocysts that were created with their egg and sperm together. And she didn't want them to be thrown out and she didn't want them to go into anybody else's body. So she was like, just load me up with them. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> yeah, that was my understanding of why she had eight babies. Yeah. She didn't want to really get rid of any of these embryos. She, which is also That's also fishy because there were according to like some testimony that I read there were 29 like there were 29 of those blastocysts which sounds like a lot um I don't know how that works at all maybe you have I mean it sounds like it's fun, like well all I know is I think that they got I don't have embryos I have eggs and I think that they got like 16 and when I told them that, everybody was going bonkers. They were like, that's a lot. Oh my God. That's amazing. Like the nurses and stuff were acting like that was a great number. So 29 on top of the six kids she already has is like, this woman has a lot of eggs to give the world. Yeah. I mean, she became famous because not only was it a eight, um, was she pregnant with eight babies, but they were, they all were born alive and then they all survived past a week. I guess there were, there was another eight, uh, pregnancy delivery, but, uh, they didn't all survive. So that, I think like, that's what first captured everybody's attention. Yeah, I think it was first just sort of like a, a marvel of modern medicine that she, and also this doctor were able to like 
get nine babies alive out of her because that had never happened before and they all survived but public perception like immediately soured I mean I think people hated her pretty early on yes and uh it was a field day for tabloids there's like I mean they are pretty they're pretty awful pictures honestly like it does look like a Ridley Scott thing her like just how distended her belly is and really fucked up it is it's very um scary it's scary looking and I think natural yes it looks like some weird guy made it on deviant art or something like it doesn't look like something the human body is actually capable of obviously it is in some cases hers is was at the time yes um and like yeah I understand being uncomfortable with the idea of a person who is of any person having that many children And I think that it's, um, if I could guess like what played into the hatred of it, it's like the playing God of it. It's that she's a single mother, um, that she is of Middle Eastern descent. I think her father's uh, Iraqi. I think that there's a lot tied in there, especially at that time in history that like made people very distrustful and angry. And it was an especially like disgusting misogynist period of like pop culture and she really absorbed a lot of that yeah definitely I mean we've talked on this podcast a lot in the past about like what the media culture was like at that time and how they treated women which was absolutely fucking disgusting I mean you couldn't get away and they shouldn't be able to but no one would be able to publish one tiny tenth percent of what they said about women like huge celebrities like Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and all these women like the Paris Hilton my god like they were absolutely dragged through the mud in the most sexist malicious vindictive and disgusting ways imaginable by tabloids and this and one this was another example of like oh look a woman's need to breed gone absolutely fucking haywire yeah and I think it's sort of like like it lends itself to like some weird like like a paranoia that men have about women and maybe like women have about other women that like will they'll be more fertile than you are or something like that but also that like yeah that like a woman would have this that this woman could have this power to do this completely superhuman seeming thing which is like a feat of nature (laughs) like it's something that shouldn't be possible and yet she's doing what she wants to do And that is something that is like almost never received well by the public. Like people don't like to see women doing whatever they want. And especially if it has anything to do with childbirth, it pisses people off to no end because everybody feels entitled to everybody else's kid or lack thereof. Like it's it's like once children are involved, then everybody thinks that they have, they can, they have a better idea of of the situation than they really do. Yeah. And I also think, and I, I don't know what your memory and perception of this is that there, there was a shock that like all of them survived. And I feel like there was also a waiting to see like, are they going to all survive? Like people were disappointed. I think people wanted like one of them to die so they could hate her even more. Yeah. I think so too. I mean, yeah. And you, they were born at 31 weeks, which is premature um but they were all 
I think one of them was uh, needed to be fed like intravenously, but for the most part, like they were all very healthy. And I watched a Wendy Williams clip from um, last year when the kids all turned like 10 years old, they had like a little birthday thing on there. And it's like, oh, look, they're all healthy and alive. And it's like the conversation has so shifted. And it really seems like Wendy Williams in particular is very kind and like, you know, supportive. And she was calling her Natalie. I think she goes by Natalie now. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. yeah. There was like a, a good New York Times piece that I read from, I think, 2018 about them, like right around that time. And um, I thought it was pretty fair. And it was just like an update on her and her life. And it seems chaotic and extremely difficult. I think her oldest or one of her older kids has autism. Um, but she's, the the kids are all like very well-mannered and well-behaved and apparently they're all vegan and like do really well in school. And, um, they all kind of like help take care of each other. There's, that's, I feel like, um, you know, you mentioned her finances before that was such a big part of it too. Like, is she accepting public assistance? Is she on welfare, whatever? And, um, and she was, and she, she lied about it, which, and then admitted, I think in 2012 that she had been on public assistance, which is like, wouldn't you, I mean, who wouldn't, I mean, under that kind of scrutiny, like, I don't think she owes anyone an explanation. No. And I mean, you can't downplay the fact that her doctor did something extremely unethical and, um, there's uh maybe we can link to it in the comments but there's a testimony of his from the la times where he's like in tears and he's like i did something wrong i never should have done it she asked me to and i couldn't say no and it's like you couldn't say no like you're full of she made me do it's like she can't how could she have made you do this like what the fuck are you talking about i didn't i saw that too i was like that is so ridiculous he also said that once he implanted her with the um embryos he never heard from her again until she was in the hospital delivering it i saw two different accounts one where she was in the hospital and she called him and she's like i'm in labor and then another where he's like i heard that there was a woman on tv who delivered eight babies and i was like oh it must have been nadia and it's like how do you no matter what, it's so unethical and it's such bad doctoring, but good news guys, he's still practicing and, um, you can find him, uh, in Los Angeles. If you Google Dr. Kamrava, Dr. Michael Kamrava. And I was surprised because I read something somewhere and then didn't copy it that said that he was like, had like left the country or something. So I know that he lost his medical license for a little while. I think he didn't lose it completely. I think that he paid a fine and he had to like take a break, but he's, I mean, he's back. Like he's on fertility websites. Oh God. Yeah. Doing his thing. He learned his lesson. He was like, look, if somebody asked me for that again, I would say you're going to have to find another doctor. Jesus Christ. So yeah. Uh, So he definitely is to blame, but then like, I guess there is a question about like, is it moral for her to have done this? Like, did she do the right thing? Or like, is that even, is it even something that we can ask a moral question about? Cause it's, 
it's like her body and her decision. Yes. And I think that the, the plan was, and from my understanding, it is maybe more like it's a common practice. If you are, um, implanted with, uh, several embryos, maybe not all of them will implant into the uterus. And then if some of them do, he said that she had agreed to uh, not carry all of them to term that she would like terminate some of them. Mm-hmm. And then she ended up not doing that. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's, it's her body. It's her choice. Yeah. I mean, that does happen. I know like people, when people do IVF, they they do that a lot because usually like not all of the embryos survive, but it was still like way more. I think I read that for like a woman in her thirties, she was 34 when she did it. It's like, they normally would do like three, right? Yeah. Like two or three, like not a lot, (laughs) not that many. (laughs) So he did six and then two of them split, which is wild. Um, which gave her eight little bundles of joy, eight bundles of joy. And I think that she seems like she, I saw this uh, clip of her, like Oprah did a special where they were in her house with her and her nannies and it seemed like pure chaos. Um, I mean, I wouldn't want that life, but. No, my God. I mean. I saw this quote of hers. I'm going to pull it up. It was um, for 2011. She told In Touch Weekly, quote, I hate babies. They disgust me. Obviously I love them, but I obviously wish I had not had them. And then she later said she didn't give an interview with the magazine, but they um, found a recorded tape of it three weeks later. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, but there are like women who have like one baby who will say shit like that. I mean, it's like, I don't, I feel like people are so judgmental about moms. Like if you aren't always a hundred percent, like I'm obsessed with it. And like, I love my baby and whatever. Like if you aren't just like happy about it all the time, like people think you're a monster or people have issues with their own moms. I'm just, I'm totally talking about them out of my ass right now, but I do feel like people just have issues with their moms. And so they just get pissed at everyone who has a baby. I, yeah, I think that you're, I think you're right about that. <laughs> I mean, Hey, I'm not the first to say it, but the first to say it is pretty debunked. Dr. Freud. um this is such a sidebar but uh have you been listening to that lolita podcast uh no i listened to the first two episodes um well for all you listeners out there if you are interested in hearing a deep dive on the book lolita and all of its cultural implications there's a podcast jamie loftus is doing called lolita podcast and i think it's very good but there's an episode where she talks a lot about Freud and all of his views on um, child sexual abuse. And uh, it is so fucked up to hear. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Well, he basically kind of puts like more blame on the kids, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just like, he's he's obsessed with it. All of like, all of his theories are like, you have penis envy. You want to fuck your dad. You want to, it's like, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. He had crazy ideas. I took a psychology class over the summer as well. And we spent like a little bit of time talking about Freud. And it was, I mean, I think it's like, it's weird because I think most of his theories are pretty much debunked, but I feel like low key, everyone who's an actual psychologist, <laughs> like, I feel like a lot of people out there are still like, mm, 
we're kind of into it. <laughs> Where did you take your psychology class? Uh, from Antioch University. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, I took it online, obviously it was a uh, COVID, but, um, we did like a day on Freud. That's fun. Was it like a survey or did it have a certain, it was like, I was thinking about going to grad school for it and it was like the required introductory course. So it was, um, and I think it would have like counted if I had ended up applying, which I ended up not doing. So I was like, I don't want to spend all this money to do this, (laughs) but, um, it was like a six week course that's like required for all the grad students. That's awesome. That's so cool. Thanks. Maybe I'll take an online class one day. Man, I've, that's like all I did this summer was take online classes because I had nothing else to do. Free yeah. ones. Free ones? Only free any, ones. Any you want to recommend? Yeah, I, I took one. Well, yeah, take that psychology one from uh, Antioch University. It's free if you pretend that you're going to go to grad school there. And it gives a pretty good like comprehensive overview of like, you know, modern psychiatry or whatever, like, you know, theory and stuff, not like anything. It's like scientific. (laughs) Um, And I took one called, there's this weird website called like EDX and you can take all these online classes. And I took one called justice, which is like an introductory philosophy class. That's like a big like Harvard lecture that you can just like watch all of and it's very good that's awesome yeah I, I'm ready to I want to expand my mind that sounds great take that justice one I think you'll like it I'll check it out you'll see there's like some I don't know like antiquities yeah do oh, go I want to get in you know you know me I like to I like I like to dig into the dirt of the past dude I'm telling you yeah edx.org and then you can just like find all these classes to take like college classes you can just like watch (laughs) and some of them that give you like homework and stuff but you don't have to do it obviously because you're not really in the class you're pretending you're larping as a college student (laughs) (laughs) i mean when i was in college i was larping as a college student i know i was too actually (laughs) (laughs) well you graduated i did not i mean i technically graduated yeah (laughs) Um, okay. Can I tell you something that I found about Octomom that I had forgotten about that is so deeply fucked up? I, I was shocked to reread it. Please. Okay. So we've talked about her financial troubles. Obviously it's expensive to have one kid. If you have 14 kids and as a single parent in a world that hates you, it's bonkers. And she was trying to make money any way that she could. And, uh, PETA, did you read this? Mm-mm. Approached, her, approached. Uh, I want to stop calling her Octomom. Yeah. They ga- they gave uh, Nadia five thousand dollars and a month's supply of vegan hot dogs to put, a, to put a sign on her front lawn that read, "Don't let your dog or cat become an Octomom. Always spay or neuter. Always spay or neuter." Pictured next to the text is a mother cat nursing a litter of young kittens. And she put that in the front yard of her house for $5,000. I mean, this is like... PETA? I get 
what they're about. I understand they want to save the world. Ultimately, I think they have good intentions. There is something deeply fucked up about that organization. I completely agree. I think that they are misogynist to their core. I am a vegetarian and I don't agree with their tactics. I've never liked it. I do not like the way that they use women in their ad campaigns. I don't like the way that they terrorize people. I just think it's not, it's not the way like there's just something that freaks me out about PETA. I don't know what it is. Like, I can't put my finger on it, but there's something that just makes me uncomfortable and it's not me guilt. It's like they, I just, something about them feels a little, I don't want to say anything to cultish. Let's say that. Sure. (laughs) I was going to say something more fucked up, but let's say say it. I don't know. I don't know what they're, I, I can't, I can't because I, I genuinely don't understand like what they're really about. It feels like they have some like ulterior motive. That's not just about getting people to stop eating meat. Like it feels like it's more overarching than that. And I can't, I don't know exactly what it is, but it just, it feels like a more, it, it feels like they have a view of humanity that disturbs me. Like that. I don't really understand exactly what it is. I am right there with you. I think that it's uh, cynical and there's a a cruelty to their approach that I have just never identified with. And I think that they do more harm than good. And I don't know, I can't imagine anybody being reached by their message in the way that they deliver it. And I never have, I've been a vegetarian for almost 20 years and I am, I'm not a, I'm not a pita vegetarian. (laughs) 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 I've just, uh, yeah. And this, this to me was especially disgusting. They're going to come for us. Well, I know I'm afraid of them, but I think that they have always done like really extreme advertising campaigns like that's like their whole thing is like they do they do controversial advertising because it's like as long as people are talking about them then people are like being aware of like the importance of veganism which is like you know okay I don't know whatever I don't know anything about them really yeah well but That is a deeply, I mean, I just, I can't, I feel so sorry for her that she did that. I also feel sorry for her, but it is not the end of her um, desperate actions to try to provide for her family after becoming a international punchline. Right. Famously um, in 2012, Should we talk about it? It's part of the story. It's part of the story. Um, So obviously there was a trend around this time, this like deeply fucked up uh, time where so many like F-list quote unquote celebrities ended up doing porn to try to- Like celebrity sex tapes. Yeah, they were like uh, capitalizing on the celebrity sex tape era and Octomom was uh, definitely part of that. 
So right. she was in a video called Octomom Home Alone, which was, um, but it actually seems like um, Natalie has like a very good sense of humor about herself and about her like role in culture. So I haven't watched this. I obviously won't watch it, but um, she, she is seen in various vignettes making fun of the Octomom persona the media created in a solo self-pleasure video. Oh, really? It's just her? It's just her. It's so, it's, she's Octomom home alone, baby. She got, uh, the kids are visitors. Okay. Well, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I obviously haven't seen this either. Um, nor will I, but she did win an AVN award for this. Yes. For best celebrity sex tape. She was nominated for four, including best solo release, best DVD extras and best marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, and her, what she has to say about it was, I am so proud of my video Octomom Home Alone, and I am more than honored to find out it was nominated so many times. God bless her. That's amazing. That's the best response you can possibly have for it. Just be like, I'm so proud to have done this. Like, I'm so proud of my achievement. Like, I just, I love the idea of this woman being like, I gave birth 14 times and my porno was nominated for an AVN award. Like, yeah, I'm proud of my achievements. Like good for her. And she should be. Fuck everybody. Why not? Also says that it like, because there was um, a woman who was like deeply involved with the making of it. She's not listed as a director, but um, Natalie says that it was like something that helped her get in touch with her sexuality and like in touch with herself in a sensual way, which I mean, all she started doing IVF at 21. She has 14 children. These are children that are made like with scientific assistance. Like they're not the result of, for whatever reason, you know, her and a partner, like doing this so sex is weirdly absent from like the production of all of these children so it's kind of interesting that she's so enthusiastic about it and that like maybe she did have like a sexual awakening doing this yeah and even if it was with a partner even if whatever I mean when that body becomes pregnant it is like no longer a sexual like body it's like a utilitarian body that's like only purpose is to bring children into the world for like society to consume like it doesn't belong to her any like there's this i i feel like there's a a feeling some women have that may or like people who have children have that may not be universal but that like their body stops belonging to them at a certain point when they are pregnant and if you go through that that many times and are that exploited and shamed and like fetishized and pilloried like I can't imagine what my relationship with my body would be after going through that it would not be good at all no and after that happened she ended up like doing a lot of gentlemen's clubs like performing and uh she toured around um which ended up being part of the case against her when um because she received like $26,000 in public assistance, but then she wasn't reporting the money she was making going on tour, you know, doing this thing. But I think that you're so right. Like it doesn't, 
it, be- it belongs to everybody else except for her. So I don't know. I like to think about her like having some sort of breakthrough with herself. Yeah. I mean, I also, um, I feel like there has been this kind of theme throughout her whole career, which it kind of is a career, what she's done of like the public demanding access to every single aspect of her life. Like they want to see her masturbate. They want to see her kids. They want to see her give birth. They want to check on the kids. They want to like follow her home. They want to know everything about her, but they do not want her to make a red cent off what she's been doing. But people have no problem making money off of her paparazzi. Like I watched this one documentary about her that was just like, there were paparazzi just like outside her house, following her absolutely everywhere she was going on like oprah dr phil like unpaid of course like she's the she's just made everyone around her is getting rich off her or at least making something off her but if when she tried to make money off of her own story she ended up getting sued and i think it was ruled that the court that she had to have like a custodian over the money that she was bringing in from like any publicity from the kids like that would go to the kids when they turned 18 which is like there are definitely situations when that's appropriate in this situation i mean how are you supposed to raise 14 kids she obviously can't work even if she could get childcare, she would be followed by like press and stuff. She'd be so notorious. Like no one would hire her. She can't leave 14 kids, like babies alone anyway. And the most important thing is like, sorry, but the story is not about the kids. Nobody cared about the kids. Like everybody just cared about her. Like she was the whole story. She was the whole story. Did you see that Gloria Allred um, like attacked her for like not being a good housekeeper? Yes. <laughs> it's like, Gloria, Gloria, you're not being helpful. <laughs> what is this? I was shocked, but I don't know. I mean, maybe I feel like there's like more for me to learn about Gloria Allred. She seems like- Yeah, definitely. That might be a good thing to cover at some point. Yeah, probably. She seems like someone with a lot of, I don't know, ups and downs. Um, there's another, just like a punctuation on, on, uh, the sex tape, but in October of 2012, TMZ reported that one of Suleiman's nannies spoke with the Orange County Department of Children and Family Services about her 11 year old son watching Octomom Home Alone on the internet. So, <laughs> and then, uh, allegedly Suleiman was upset by the incident and said she would talk to her son about not accessing pornography. <laughs> I read that. <laughs> All right. I'll tell them not to go. I'll tell them not to look at porn online. Of me. Like they, oh. Yeah. It's like she, she has been put into this situation and it's like, she can't do anything. Every, everything, everything is bad. <laughs> everything is bad in her life. She's just like, so it's like all just like out there for everybody have full access to um yeah the um the porn was it was only the one porn I think and then Mm -hmm. after that I think she sort of went she kind of like everyone sort of forgot about her and moved on she was like out of the public eye for a long time 
Yeah, she was getting a um, an advanced degree. And like, you know, when people were being like, oh, you're never going to pay for these kids, blah, blah. She's like, once I get my degree and like I get my career, then I'll be fine. And it seems like that. I mean, she's. Yeah, I mean, that was like what happened. Every modern or like contemporary thing I've read about her from the last like two or three years has just been very positive. The kids are fine she's okay I mean I they don't live in like a mansion and they're not like rich but everyone is like fed clothed cared for I mean they do their homework without asking or yeah. asking without being told <laughs> so maybe the PETA thing paid off yeah there you go um maybe those vegan hot dogs just fucking stuck yeah you know how delicious and nutritious vegan hot dogs are I like vegan hot dogs. I like vegan hot dogs too, but like also PETA, a month's supply for a family. And the thing that they said, and not to like continue to harp on PETA, but they were like, oh, you needed to pay your, uh, the, your rent. Well, now you can. <laughs> oh my God. Like if you really cared, like why wouldn't you give them like vegetables and yeah. food? It's like how expensive, oh, infuriating. I know. So, so shitty. It's so gross. Yeah. It's just disgusting. Whatever. Yeah. What don't, don't donate to PETA. Donate to a food bank. Thanks. I won't. I never, never. have. Never have, never will. Well, no. <sighs> um, yeah. So, what else? Uh, something else funny that I read was about her mother, who um, both of her parents were like openly very critical of her as well, which I'm sure definitely added fuel to the fire. But the mom was helping her a lot with her first six kids. And then when like the new eight showed up, she was so over it and so done and so tired of helping. And frankly, I don't blame her. Yeah, I don't blame her either. I mean, when I saw the like, I the nannies were the ones that I felt the most sorry for in like this whole thing, because I've nannied, I have nannied so many hours, so many years with these families. And the thought of being with somebody who look is probably kind of, well, quirky and probably sort of self-involved in a way, which I think that Nadia is. Yeah. And so to be working for a person like that in the first place who has that many children and is almost certainly because of the amount of children they have, the amount of nannies that they have and her income is like probably not paying a super high rate for the amount of work that you're going to be required to do in a, in a house like that. Like I would have fucking talked to the press too if I was a nanny in that house. I would have been so fucking pissed every day of my life. Although she claimed in this video that I saw on YouTube that none of her nannies ever quit and everyone who stopped working for her was fired, which I find difficult to believe, honestly. As an I also find that very difficult to believe. Yeah. Well, the other aspect of this that we haven't talked about is uh, that uh, she did have a lot of plastic surgery. Did she, or that's not a rumor? Well, I mean, her face changes and there were rumors, maybe rumors, mm -hmm. that she um, 
was getting surgery to make herself look like Angelina Jolie. Yes. And I did see in a, I, in the same video, I keep referencing this YouTube video that I watched, but it was like, I have to say it was a long one. This paparazzi guy is lurking outside of her house and she's like, people keep talking to me. Well, they never talk to what's her name. What's her name? She's like pretending she doesn't know. And she's like the woman who had all the kids that everyone says I want to look like. Well, she did that photo shoot for in touch where she is dressed like tomb raider and then she's wearing that dress when angelina jolie had her leg out sure but like, really like playing it up but i don't think that's like her she didn't make that decision well she played along with it oh yeah i mean i definitely think that her making a big deal of pretending not to know who angelina jolie is was bullshit and i also don't think it's true that angelina jolie has never faced scrutiny for her choice to like adopt however many children she did I mean, she has. Wait, can you say that again? I said it. I also don't think it's true, her claim in the video that I'm referencing that Angelina Jolie has never faced scrutiny for the amount for like adopting like. Oh, no, that's definitely. Yeah, yeah, she's definitely faced quite a bit. And also, I don't think Brad Pitt ever has faced any, but I don't know. Well, it's I mean, it's what you were saying before about just the heightened scrutiny towards mothers. I remember reading about Josephine Baker when she went to France, she had a um, large property and she adopted children from all over the world. I think she called it her rainbow family. And she was absolutely dragged through the mud for that. It's like, oh, how dare you? But it's like, what a wonderful, awesome thing. I know. I don't know. People are just so shitty. I don't know. Yeah. People, people just really care a lot about what people do with their with with I don't know people don't want to like help you with a child they certainly don't want you to be, take any money from the government they certainly don't want you to have any sort of like welfare or like state support but they do want to judge you and call you a piece of shit basically if you if you dare to have a child in any way that's like not conventional or that doesn't I'm sorry honor somewhat honor a man who's supporting you like you're a psychotic bitch yeah and possibly evil. Do you think, I mean, we're not psychologists, we can't say, but I mean, it could be possible that there's something going on with her. Right, obviously. I don't, I mean, it's like, you don't wanna say, but it's like also what, uh, what's wrong with you? I mean, I do think that there's I mean, I don't know, obviously we don't know, but I think that there's like an ethical question about like how many, like, even if you take out the idea of like, there are some people who are like antinatalists or whatever, I'm not. There are some people who think that like- Antinatalists? Yeah, people who think that you shouldn't have kids because of like global warming. Oh, sure. And there are a lot of them, especially like our age, um, I don't feel one way or the other about it. I think it's a personal decision, but like, um, I do think that there's a question about just like how much, like, of, can you really like hold a baby enough if you have 14 of them? Like, can a baby be held enough? Like, can a baby, be, I mean, her kids seem to be fine. So I guess she did it. I mean, but we won't really know. For a long time. Until they're 
adults and can speak for themselves and can have some like, you know, um, time to reflect on their upbringing and stuff, like how they feel about it. But like, it's, it's complicated. Yeah. I mean, I think you bring up a good point. I remember, um, I remember my mom saying something like that when we were kids and uh, there were some friends of ours who had seven kids, which is a very large family. And they were, uh, they like traveled in a pack. And I'm like, I remember thinking that it looked really fun, like <laughs> to be part of, of that family. And I remember my mom being like, I wouldn't want to have that many because I wouldn't be able to get to know them all. Yes. My mother, oh, wow. It's, I don't know. I, it, that just really sticks out in my mind. It's such a, a great perspective, I think. Yeah. Like there's this scene in this, it's not a documentary. It's like a TV special that I watched where she's going around and like introducing these kids by brushing their hair aside and like kind of looking at their faces to like, identify like who is it? Her. Yeah. <laughs> and then she'll say which one they are. And then she'll, she kind of gave a personality trait for all the kids, which were, I mean, I thought they were all sort of negative personality traits that she offered, but whatever, like, like dopey, sleepy, happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they should, she should have just named, they were like willful, like brat, like whatever that she said about the kids, but like, it was sort of, it just felt like these kids were all kind of being put in boxes because they, there were just so many of them that that's how you, that like, it's the way someone who doesn't know you very well might describe you. Yeah. And that was the feeling I got, but. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's room for like, I think that it is fair to be um, critical about this in a, like a thoughtful, compassionate way and not be like, you're you're a dumb bitch you know you have to do porn because that's all that like that's the only option that we're going to give you as a society I mean, the thing, like, yeah the thing of like that somewhere in the middle please well apparently we fucking can't except for on this podcast <laughs> the world does not allow it the world is either like well it's like you're a madonna or whore like that's kind of the whole thing but like there's no middle ground for <laughs> how we're gonna analyze this woman's choice and I guess it's, and I, I honestly think that other than like the fact that it happened and it's like a science story that this, per, and maybe that it's a question for like bioethicists to talk about, I don't think it should have ever been like a big tabloid story or anything like that. Like, I don't think we should know her name. I don't think we should know her kids' names. I, and I, that's something that I actually read um, that because uh, she she gave birth at a Kaiser Permanente and um, they uh, because somebody leaked her name and her photos and everything they brought at Kaiser they, yeah they had to pay a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar fine which Good. was the highest fuck fine them. That. Yeah. fuck them to hell like what the fuck like you can't do that that's so unethical and disgusting I yeah. go to fucking Kaiser damn. Well, I'm a Kaiser patient. I hope they're a Kaiser bitch. I'm a little Kaiser bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a UCLA Medical Center bitch. Oh, what? UCLA Medical. 
Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you to well, my job. I love no. the insurance. You're welcome. <laughs> um, all right. Well, do you have any final thoughts on um, Natalie, aka Nadia, aka Viacta Mom? I don't. I feel like we've done a good job talking about her tonight. <laughs> I think that we've covered Natalie, Natalia, and the Octomom three, well, at least two different people. The Octomom and Natalie slash Natalia. Yeah. What are we going to do next time? I don't know, but I maybe we shouldn't say right now because like last time we said we were going to do Neighbors and then we like didn't do it. And then we, we just went ghost protocol for several months. Well, that was, yeah, we did that. And we are sorry. We're sorry, but listen, in these times, in these days, uh, we're going to do what we can when we can. And it'll be a little gift for us and a gift for you. And hopefully with more regularity. Yeah, we'll do something else like soon. And it'll be like on, you know, the kind of stuff we do. Come on. Like, it'll be something like that we would do. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Just tune in. You'll like it, I promise. Just subscribe and then something will come up for you and you'll be like, oh my God. Oh, what a treat. This this is on. Aggie, it's been so great to talk to you again. Irene, it's been fantastic. Yeah. I haven't even really talked that much. I know. I know. It's been a while. Just been in our little hobbit holes. Seriously, just been fucking staring at the wall waiting for it to end <laughs> damn true words true words right all right well all right Bye. i'm waving i don't know why they can't see me <laughs> okay i'm gonna